Welcome to the Daily Standard Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Graham, brought to you by our friends at SaneBox.com. Get back to Inbox Zero. I know it sounds crazy to people like Steve Hayes, who can't remember the last time they didn't have 50,000 emails. You need to get on SaneBox, Hayes, I'm telling you. 271,147. Okay, my friends at SaneBox.com, trust me, I'll get him on board. More (laughs) about SaneBox later in the podcast. So, I asked you to join us on podcast today because... I did this, CBS has this all digital channel, CBS N, you watch it on online, whatever. Yeah. It's, the, it's the cut the cord thing. And they, we always have a good time, but they asked this question last night. They said, aren't Republicans edging away from Donald Trump? Look at the the person, the woman who won the for the Republicans down in Georgia, Karen Handel. She didn't talk about Trump very much at all. She was clearly uncomfortable after she came out on top answering questions about him. Look at uh, Senator Ernst, who said she, she really publicly at a town hall meeting, kind of unsolicited. I wish he wouldn't travel down to Florida so much. I wish he'd stay in Washington and work. Uh, Senator Langford from Oklahoma, I believe it is, uh, you know, real problems that he won't hand over his tax returns. He really ought to hand over his tax returns. Are we at a point where Less than 100 days in, Trump is facing enemies from within? Well, I think uh, we've seen Republicans challenge him throughout his administration, even in its earliest days. So what I think is more accurate to say is that we've seen an acceleration of a trend that we had seen earlier. I mean, remember very early in the administration, uh, Mike Gallagher freshman representative from Wisconsin, I believe he's 33 years old, youngest Republican, youngest member of the House of Representatives, I believe, um, when Elliot Abrams, who had been tapped as Deputy Secretary of State and then was sort of blackballed, removed because he'd been critical of President Trump. Mike Gallagher tweeted out something, I won't get the quote exactly right, um, to the effect of, this shouldn't be about the president's insecurity, it should be about American national security. You stop and you think about that, within the first few weeks of the Trump presidency, you've right. got this freshman Republican conservative uh, from middle of the state in Wisconsin mm-hmm. challenging the president in such a direct and aggressive way. So we've seen this from the earliest days of the mm-hmm. administration, but it does seem to be picking up some speed. I mean, you hear those comments from from Joni Ernst or from, from Lankford. Um, it just, I think, suggests that Republicans are... are um, not eager to criticize the president. I think they'd they'd like to avoid criticizing him. <laughs> but some of the stuff that he does, you can't help but criticize. And then you have the narrowness of the victory in Kansas, a seat usually won by 20 points, won by seven. You have the tight race in Georgia. And uh, I've said this several times because I lived there until this time last year. The idea that that district is in trouble. This is all happy talk from Republicans. Oh, that's our swingy district. You know, it barely went for Hillary, you know, for Trump. Yeah, well, because they don't like Trump is why. They're, they're Republican. It went for Marco Rubio in the primary. Right. That's that territory. Do you think that this, you know, it, hearing the, you know, the bullets getting closer, <laughs> maybe driving Republicans out of the of the Trump foxhole a little yeah, bit? Yeah, I think there's no question that we'll see a correlation between um, Trump's approval generally mm-hmm. and Republicans' willingness to challenge him on certain things. Um, you know, and you're you're gonna you're gonna see these things on a sort of individual by individual basis too, depending on where uh, they come from and depending on what the president does. Earlier this week, Lindsey Graham was on. Fox and Friends. And I think he went there so that President Trump, he can't get a meeting with President Trump. So he went there. I mean, he actually at one point turned and addressed the camera right. and said, Mr. President, I know you're watching. You know? <laughs> um, but but he was, you know, Lindsey Graham, who'd been a, a tough critic 
of President Trump, and I think was encouraged by the the strikes in Syria and mm-hmm. some of the things that that the president uh, has done and said on on national security issues. Lindsey Graham said, "I'm all in. You know, I'm mm-hmm. I'm I'm with President Trump. I'm I'm for him right. now." So you've seen this 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 change, and I think that we'll continue to see Republicans do this mm-hmm. on on almost an issue by issue, day by day okay. basis. I want to try another thing. The the Georgia race highlights this odd position we're in, which is Trump is all over the map on issues. You can't say I'm a Trumpian, whatever, Republican, populist, whatever, because what does that even mean? You know, he's the strong foreign policy, you know, punch Russia in the nose, bomb Syria, isolationist who just opened investigations into whether China's ripping off our (laughs) our shops. you, You can't do it that way. So you almost have to be politically bipolar to to work you know to to make this work i don't think karen handel would have won or i'll put this way i think the republicans would have had a real chance of losing that seat in the first round but the last two days trump hit the phones hard and he got his trump vote out and that almost had nothing to do with the regular republicans who wrote vote in regular republican primaries you know what i mean they so they kind of showed up for handle and then he kind of got a bunch of republicans out and if you you have to put those two streams together the trumpian stream and the republican stream and they really cross and divide in odd flurries in a way we've never seen no i think that's right and if you're looking forward to the to the 2018 presidential election i mean midterm elections the question is whether republicans traditional republicans conservatives movement conservatives Mm -hmm. will stick with trump in the same way that i expect trumpian voters will Mm -hmm. i mean i think trump's hardest of hardcore supporters you're just not going to going to going to make them right. budge from their Trump support. They will explain away or rationalize things even, you know, when when he's saying things that are the opposite of what he said in the campaign, which in the past couple of weeks has been quite a lot. They're going to stick with him. Mm-hmm. The, the question is where you know, in the totality of all of this when you when you do the issue by issue right. thing that you're talking about, where where do traditional Republicans the the sort of Republican base that, mm-hmm. that you know has been the Republican base for years? Um, do they are, you know is is Trump's report support among Republicans still going to be eighty plus or eighty five right. what have you? If he loses that, I think then there's mm-hmm. a real problem for a, a big. Uh, Democratic election in 2018. I want to ask you about a comment that our colleague Bill Crystal said in a second, Steve, but really 251,000 e- I've got to talk to you about SaneBox.com. But, you know, I know Hayes is not alone. There are a bunch of you who have thousands of emails. You think you're never going to get to the bottom. You can't just throw them all away because you know that in that pile of stuff, there are some key things, things you need to hold on to. What do you do? SaneBox.com. SaneBox.com lets you take control of your email inbox. So the messages that get there are the ones you actually want to see. And aside from removing all the junks, you can focus on the messages that matter. There's a great feature called the black hole. Move an email into that folder and you'll never hear from the sender again. It is, it is a satisfying experience sometimes to drop people in that black hole. Also, something else to keep in mind, because I've been asked about this. People say, well, Michael, I like the email I've got now. I don't want to switch to a different email provider. Oh, no, no. Same email you're using right now. SaneBox is a, a, an application, essentially, that works along with your email to help you take control, to do the sorting for you, to let you get back, even if you're buried like Steve Hayes under 250,000 emails, get back 
to inbox zero. And right now you can try it free for two weeks. And if you decide to buy, you get a $25 bonus. Just visit sanebox.com slash weekly standard. That's S-A-N-E-B-O-X, sanebox.com slash weekly standard. Okay, so Steve, let's get back to it. If you uh, visit the Weekly Standard website over the weekend, you'll see a video that we do every week with uh, uh, with people like Bill Crystal and then our friends at the Washington Examiner. And uh, we recorded today, and one of the things that Bill Crystal said is, for when it comes to 2018, watch Trump's approval rating. Right now, he's in kind of like the same zone as the Georgia election. Leaning Republican, it looks pretty good to hold on to it, but would, you'd be much happier if his approval rate was at 50. You could pretty much say at that point, very unlikely the Democrats can somehow pick up the House. But if his numbers sag into the mid-30s, the low-30s, right. it put it endangers the entire—something that seemed completely out of reach. When you, how many news stories have we read in the last year, Steve Hayes? Ah, oh, Republican advantage. The Democrats can't touch the House. And now it looks like it could be a coin toss. Well, it's—I mean, again, it's it's a, in the House and more especially in the Senate, you know, the map is—, is tilted in Republicans mm. favor. So you would expect that. Of course, history points in the other direction. Midterm, first midterm right. of a presidency is usually not good for the incumbent party. Um, I think Bill's exactly right on that. And if you if you um, if you look at where Republicans have been on Trump mm. and where they're, you know, it's hard to project out because, as you say, he's all over the place on, on issues. You know, at what point does sort of party loyalty Trump Use the that was that was unintentional. You can't avoid at, that. At what point does party loyalty trump ideology? So right. if Trump, if if President Trump mm-hmm. is doing things that that challenge sort of conservative orthodoxy, mm-hmm. um, do conservatives vote for him anyway? Because you know I'm not mm-hmm. gonna I'm not gonna stay home. I don't want the Democrat to win. Right. Whatever. Or do they say, ah, this is really not right. my guy anyway? And there's been an interesting – I've got to actually look more into this in a, in a sort of serious political science way. There's been, it seems to me, an, an interesting paradox because you've seen this, this – in this polarization mm-hmm. that we've seen, an intense partisan loyalty – um, both on the red side and on the blue side, Republicans and Democrats. But at the same time, we've seen a blurring of these ideological distinctions. Right. I mean, you have Donald Trump sometimes making arguments that Bernie Sanders would have been comfortable making and vice versa. And it's a weird moment for that yeah. reason because because the, the party, you know, mm-hmm. the party ties are so strong and Republicans are doing and saying things in mm-hmm. some ways that they wouldn't have otherwise been doing because of the, the mm-hmm. party loyalty. And the ideological lines are, are blurred even further. And that's, I would argue that's because parties becoming something more like identity than it is political. It's the, the, the day of wearing the badge on your lapel with your color, blue or red because it was your civic duty. I think it's more tribalism, I think. But I want to run last one last yeah. thing by you. And I take this from the handle Ossoff race that we're going to see and from what we're seeing. The CBSN people were very fascinated by the idea that, well, what are you going to do as a Republican? You go out there and you criticize Trump. You're going to chase away those votes. They're not going to come support you. I don't get that sense at all. I get the sense that if you're a Pennsylvania moderate and you go out and run in 2018 as a Pennsylvania moderate, Trump is going to do what he can at the end to boost his voters and say, look— you, know, you don't even care that much about the issues anyway, right? As you just pointed out, this is team play. Yeah. That's our guy. He's wearing our jersey. Go get him. I need you to show up. And then if you're running as a Freedom Caucus guy and you voted against the health care, same thing. Forget the individual stuff. I'm just here to boost you. And the idea that, well, that guy was negative about Trump. I'm not going to vote for him. Every Trump voter I talk to, Steve, when you talk, start talking, the first thing they say is, well, I don't like 
Trump, and they'll they'll name yeah. like one or two things that they hate about him before they then get around to why they are diehard supporters. They are completely comfortable with the idea that people don't like their guy. I don't think it, I don't think it phases them at all that Joni Ernst is criticizing him or anybody else. They'll still show up and vote for her because she's on that team. Yeah, I mean, I th- I think there may be some truth to that. I guess the only thing I would add is what he accomplishes will really matter. I mean, you know, it's one thing if Republicans are heading into the 2018 midterms and they've got they're pointing back to to the Neil Gorsuch um, confirmation, the fact that he's on the Supreme Court. It's great. It's one of the reasons a lot of conservatives voted for President Trump uh, last fall. But if health care doesn't happen and if he has trouble on tax reform and it doesn't happen or if there's a you know if 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 it's not what he said it was right. going to be or what republicans would like and he, and the economy doesn't pick up um you know what he actually gets done what he's able to point to i think will matter i mean it always matters of course but it will matter even more for donald trump because that's how he sold himself right. he said i am the guy who's going to go to washington i'm going to drain the swamp mm-hmm. i'm going to get stuff done i'm not going to be bogged down by these partisan fights i know how the corrupt the system is i alone can fix it you know at a certain point you got to fix it and if he's not fixed it then i think you'll see potentially republican voters peel away in in greater numbers and Republican politicians to go full circle feel more free to criticize. I agree completely. And I also think the Republicans in the House are particularly vulnerable to the why didn't you get it done? And, you know, we can write editorials about how complicated our system is and it's designed with divided government to not get things done. The average Joe Schmo, who's got a twelve thousand dollar deductible and his crappy Obamacare plan. He didn't want to hear that. Yeah. And I think you're right. The House will be judged on that very greatly. Steve Hayes, thanks so much for joining us. Next time, I'll call you before I do the show, so I won't sound so (laughs) stupid on TV. Good. You've been listening to the Daily Standard podcast every weekday from the Weekly Standard. Please be sure to subscribe to this podcast at iTunes.com or Google Play. Give us a five-star rating. Let people know you found out about it. Leave a review. We want to hear from you. And don't forget, every Friday, it's the Crystal Clear edition of the podcast with Bill Crystal. Thanks again for listening. I'm your host. Michael Graham.